Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. On the outskirts of Birmingham and and in the margins of society in the Billingham family perform extreme rituals and breaks social taboos as they muddle through a life decided by factors beyond their control, at times shocking and laced with an unsettling humor. The film Ray and Liz is a powerful evocation of experience growing up in the Black Country Council Flat. And with that, we're we're joined today by the director and screenwriter for the film Ray and Liz, and that would be Richard Billingham. Richard Billingham, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, First of all, it is a a powerful film, and the fact that it is uh, a a film about your own life uh, adds a certain um, gravitas to to it, and uh, I am I know you come from a background as a photographer, and obviously you live this story. And uh, Tell me a little bit about why you decided to, and you've done a, a photographic series on your family. What was it about going from there and turning this into a narrative film? Uh, th- those photographs that I made, uh, I made those about 25 years ago now, and uh, a lot of water's gone under the bridge. I've got three children, uh, you know, ages uh, five to thirteen, and I think having children has made me think about my own childhood and uh, the childhood of um, others around me at the time, and how different those childhoods were for, uh, from uh, the childhood of my kids now. And I thought that one other thing is that there were no um, photographs made indoors um, during my um, when when I was growing up. Uh, if I look through the family album, uh, there's the, the photographs made outdoors in the park, but there's nothing taken indoors. And um, I thought it would be a, a good idea to try to visualize what that indoor world looked like um, from somebody who had lived it. In, in making that decision to move from uh, to move forward with a film project, what were the first things that, in your mind, you wanted to accomplish? I mean, you wrote a screenplay, but in it, it, was it getting the actors that you wanted to get? Was it finding a cinematographer who you felt uh, uh, simpatico with? What, what was the first thing that you were thinking, or what you felt like you had to accomplish if you are going to turn this into a narrative film? It, it was um, probably all of those elements, but getting a balance or a harmony um, and, and, and making them all interconnect. Uh, I, I I wanted, um, I, you know, I thought about the viewer a lot, um, and I didn't want to make a film that only three people watch. <laughs> so, yeah, I wanted all those elements to um, to hang together, you know, to try and communicate to a broad audience. Following up on that, uh, was it difficult to write a screenplay for you? Um, because you, I, I assume you hadn't written one before. Or have you written a screenplay before you wrote this one? No, I hadn't, and um, it's not—it's not like I was very good at English or uh, creative writing when I was <laughs> when I was at school. But it—it um, it occurred to me a few years ago that all all good creative writers are visual artists 
because um, they have to be. Um, as, as you as you're reading something, as a reader, you you're constantly formulating images in your mind, or, or the, the the text is doing that for you. So you sort of, as a writer, you have to put those images there. And um, so once I sort of got hold of that idea, um, I thought, you know, I you know, I can I can formulate images. Um, I, I started the script by writing down what things look like from memory. And then um, in a Word document, I could cut and paste and put those images in various orders. And then I added the dialogue last. And um, when, I was a, when I was a kid, from probably from when I was 10 to 16, I had um, an audio tape recorder and uh, you know with uh, analog tapes and sometimes i would uh i'd record people's voices um i i would often get them to act out things uh or 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 maybe to um describe something that happened during the day uh sometimes i would tape people and they didn't know they were being taped and some of these tapes i still have i was able to um uh, draw on those tapes uh, to write some of the dialogue, and and also it was useful for the actors because they could get um, rhythms of dialogue and accent, accent authentic. Well, aside from the logistics of writing the screenplay, was it painful for you to recount these stories or recount your your past, or was it was it therapeutic, or what? What in putting together the script that is obviously so personal, and in some ways uh, I would assume painful to. Uh, yeah. I mean, not not painful. The, the, the uh, I was going to say the the film is set thirty thirty odd years ago, uh, thirty five years ago, something like that. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of time passed. Um, the hardest uh, the hard the hardest thing was to thinking was to was to try to write the character backstories for everybody it made me realize that uh, i knew very little about um my, my parents childhood and what shaped them uh, and also the, the the friends and um other family members i found that um i found that the hardest thing having to to really think and try and remember those you know scraps of information that people have told me Mm. But no, um, to, yeah, the, it wasn't um, it wasn't painful or anything. Uh, mm. it, uh, it, all, it all happened such a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I think I was able to, because yeah, I've got my own kids now and a nice family. I was able to um, maybe look back and um, think about my childhood in the in the in its. Uh, political and cultural context and historical context of the time. Right. Well, we'll remind our listeners, we're speaking with the uh, director and and screenwriter of the new uh, film coming out today called Ray and Liz, and it's a story of his his family life and uh, and the uh, issues that they were dealing with as a family and as individuals. you know, you mentioned something just a minute ago that rings true for me, and I think it rings tr- rings true for a lot of people, and that is we don't know much about our parents. I know very little about my own parents in terms of their 
um, upbringing, their own personal history as young men and women. And I think that that is something that most people share in that experience as well. At least it's been my my experience. Is that... Do you find that to be true? Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, I didn't... It's, you know, it's hard to know what... Um, you know, my par- parents' parents and, and, their, and their, their grandparents sort of did. And, uh, you know, I, I really had to try to picture their uh, childhoods and, and what shaped them. Um, and, it, yeah, so it sort of made me wish I'd have um, talked to them or asked them more about it when they was alive. Do you share with your kids your your life story? Well, I, <laughs> I, I, I try to, but the <laughs> ones to listen. I don't, I don't think they're old enough to listen. They're uh, five, five, ten, and thirteen. Yeah. Well, in some ways, this film will serve as some kind of a context for your life if they choose to, uh, you know, when they when they see it. So if they haven't already seen it, I guess. Uh, but that's a, but it's not unusual. I find that most people that I I know uh, don't know very they know very little about their their own parents and even less about their grandparents um, other than what they knew of them at family gatherings yeah. you know it's funny it's it's an interesting interesting idea of the film again i'm going to want to let people know we we sort of i've sort of jumped over explaining the film in and in, in help me if i i i misspeak it is about you and your your brother and your mom and your dad and the circumstances that you find yourself growing up in, and uh, your your parents are both uh, have some issues. I think it's safe to say, in terms of their um, the way that they live and their ability to raise you and your brother uh, in in a in your family and and we see the the impact of that on you, but also we see the impact of that on the, each other, on Ray and on Liz as well. The the sort of inability to connect with each other in a positive way um, is that a, am I characterizing that fairly? Yeah, no, that's that, that's, um, that's a, a decent summary. Um, I remember when I you know when I was five, six, seven, eight years when when I was. Up until uh, about when I was, t- uh, you know, pre- pre-teenage, um, I remember we had quite a nice life. You know, my dad had a job, and um, uh, we lived in a little terraced house. It was their own house. Um, and then when my father got made redundant right. uh, from his job as a machinist, right. uh, he he couldn't retrain. He, uh, or, um, you know, back, back then when... when men were made redundant from these machine jobs. They were unable to sort of adapt or retrain like, like they can these days. And um, we lost the house and moved into a tower block. And then it was, I, I, I wasn't so happy in the tower block. But I have to say, when we was in that um, uh, terrace house, we, we were quite happy. I'm going to go back to something that we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the interview, and it's something that I've, I'm sort of feel like this is pro- was probably something that you were focused on with your background in photography, and how important it was in sort of the look and the feel of the film that you find the right um, person to be your cinematographer in the film, and let's talk about 
talk about that relationship you had because as a photographer, it's you. I know you've been involved in some video projects in the past, so you you have a you have a sense of it. But how did you decide on working with your cinematographer, and how important was that? Let me think. He he shot this film called Under the Skin, um, Daniel Daniel Landon, and uh, which I you know I I really liked. It was. Um, Visually, it was very good, and I liked his sense of composition. And, um, and when I met him, uh, we, we we seemed to be on the same wavelength. And um, I showed him lots of um, images that I'd made in the past, and uh, he he related to them very positively. And I could see that he had a similar sense of composition or or picture making uh, to me. Um, and so I was able to. I was able to trust him. And the other thing I should say is that, you know, the, the 16 mil camera he uses with all these lenses, it, it takes five people to operate it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to switch it on. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's not like a, it's not a little handheld thing. You know, it's a, it's a huge uh, contraption, you know, on sticks. Yeah. But it has to be moved about by two men and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, I, I need I, and, and lighting as well. I uh, I'm not really sure how I would I would light things, but you know I can tell him what I want, and um, it, he'll he'll light it accordingly. We wanted uh, things to look um, we, we wanted things to look look um, natural and uh, and sculptural. So uh, he was a, he was able to um, enhance the natural light what was there but without making it look like it was uh, things were artificially lit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the cast in 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 the film, uh, Ella Smith, um, Justin Salinger, uh, Patrick Romer, uh, all of the people who are in the film, the the uh, are terrific. They're really wonderful performances all around. Uh, did did you? have somebody in mind when you started was Ella on your list was Justin on your list of people when you started the production or was it no, no. casting no no not at all um, we um we, we, we had a casting agent and um, she she's from the same area uh, she's from the Midlands same area as the film is set and she she sort of understands the accent and um, I I was able to Give her the character backstories and, um, and say, look, and describe the sort of um, people I want, the sort of characters that I wanted. And um, she, uh, she she was able to um, pick people and, and bring them in for audition. And um, acting is, um, you know, when, when people come in to, and, and they do an audition and um, uh, they, they become somebody else for a couple of minutes. Um, it's almost like a dark art <laughs> or something, <laughs> and then they, they sort of break character and, and they say, well, was, that, was that okay? And you, you think, like, you know, I think, well, do, do, do you realize what you just did? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you, I sort of, um, I, I could sense when, uh, uh, some, when somebody was right for a part because um, the hairs on the back of my neck would stand up and... Uh, I'd, I'd sort of feel it rather than intellectualize it. And it's like the, you know, it's like the um, 
that person was being brought back to life again. Well, that that's a high compliment indeed. That is, that is uh, it's <laughs> well, you're what you said earlier. It, it the the film looks like it was you know what you just described a natural look to the film that I. I mean, I can't imagine that you would have wanted anything else in terms of how how it was going to look. And the performances are, at times, it's hard to watch as far as the, the behavior, some of the reactions in the film to, to certain circumstances. But, but at, at the same time, I feel like there is an undercurrent of empathy for the people in the film. With for and and that's not an easy thing to do, as a, a in a film like this with this kind of material. I think that this says something about you as a as a, a director, a, a natural director. And I, I again, I know acknowledging that it is you know your life story in some way. Uh, it's still not an easy thing to to draw out of a performance, and and that's a testament to you and your and the actors in it. But. Um, is this processed because this film has gotten a tremendous amount of positive reaction? It's won awards in a number of film festivals internationally. It's won a number of uh, awards at inter- at festivals. So, did are you surprised by by the reaction? Are you surprised by the end product in in the sense that it it's has it exceeded your expectations in that regard? How, how do you feel now that you're on the uh, there's uh, you're on the other side of this, and the reactions have been so overwhelmingly positive? What does um, what does that feel like for you? Um, when when uh, when when we, we first made the film, uh, we didn't test it on an audience. So to be honest, I I didn't know what to expect. The first time we showed it, it was very positive reaction. We showed it in Locarno um, Festival in August. The thing is, I like, like I said, there was no photographs made indoors um, as a kid. And um, as, as you can see in the film, we lived uh, a marginalised reality um, under, the, under the Thatcher era. And uh, I think it, it's important to try and make those realities visible um, to other people. Yeah, we, we see lots of um, stories of uh, you know, middle class or, or rich people I mean cinema or TV but um, don't often see authentic representations of um, marginalized people or poor people. So um, yeah, yeah to, to sort of have a film about marginalized people or poor people and, and, and people respond positively to it. I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I must say, I, I, I didn't know if it would work. I didn't know if people, I didn't really know what people's reactions would be to begin with. Yeah. Does this encourage you to pursue cinema uh, as a continuing part of your artistic life? Are you going to continue to look for projects or? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm writing um, material for something else the moment well well yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic that's yeah that's great to hear uh it, it really it's it's these are films i love films like this and for all the reasons that you love movies and that is put you in a place that you're not familiar with you get to you get to know people and understand 
what what makes them who they are and and at the end of it you feel like you've seen truth in in and that's what art should be about it should be truth and it should be why it should it should begin to answer the question why why do people you know in these circumstances and you and, and it, it does that for me i was very careful to avoid uh, cliches or or tropes common tropes yeah um and uh, i thought that by um sticking to what i knew um or sticking to lived experience that maybe i would I that. Yeah. Well, it, it's a it is a terrific film, it, and um, I am truly honored to have you here to talk about uh, Ray and Liz and why uh, you, how you, why and how you made the movie and to understand uh, to understand our world a little bit better. I mean, that's why I, that's why I why I love movies and why I. Uh, I think they're such an important um, art form. So, um, Richard Billingham, thank you so very much for the work here with Ray and Liz, and thank you for spending some time with us to talk about it. Sure. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.